This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, top of the day to all of you. Um, we have had, uh, not too long ago, we had Carolyn Howard Johnson on talking about, and we did a little segue into the power of what a book re- review could do. And in my dialogue with her before we even started, and I said, you know, we need to reach out to Midwest, which has been a longtime favorite. It's someone I recommend to authors that it, it's one of those little nuggets, those gems that a lot of people don't know exists out there that is absolutely a wonderfully legitimate, non-rejected by Amazon if you are able to nab a review. So I reached out to the editor-in-chief, Jim Cox, um, in in his homestead of, of, uh, of Wisconsin and asked if we could play and go through the ins and outs and kind of like the inside skinny of what a book review is all about. So he's the editor-in-chief, as I said, as of the Midwest Book Review. So what we're going to do is do a jump into that. And, you know, it, it debuted as a, a, a television show on uh, and a radio show and then a television show in Madison, Wisconsin. And today it's exclusively online. And there is a massive website, nine monthly book review publications from Book Watch to California Book Watch to Children's Book Watch to the Internet Book Watch to the Library Book Watch, Small Press Book Watch, MBR Book Watch, Reviewers Book Watch, and Wisconsin Book Watch. These magazines are all curated by Cox's team of, get this, 81 volunteer book reviewers from across the country. So if you want to get a really potpourri of opportunities, you all need to find out about the Midwest Book Review. And if you just go to the website, midwestbookreview.com, you can start probing into that. But with that said, let's welcome Jim to the show. Hi, Jim. Nice to talk to you again. Oh, it's 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 wonderful to hear from you. And by the way, Carol is a long time, decades long cyberspace mm-hmm. pen pal of mine. <laughs> ah, oh, I love this idea of a cyberspace pen pal. I haven't heard a pen pal the phrase. I I, I don't know when. <laughs> Well, I'm 79 years old, so it goes back to my childhood. But uh, let me tell you the story of how I became a book reviewer. A good place Uh, to review. It was 1976, and I'm a member of the local science fiction club in Madison, Wisconsin, and we met Mm -hmm. every Wednesday night at at, at, uh, Nick's Restaurant on State Street. Uh, 
And in the door one Wednesday night walked a good friend of mine by the name of Hank Luttrell. And Hank was a mail-order bookseller. Under his arm, he had a coffee table brand-new book called The Coinbee Aikida Dialogue. And Hank walked over to me, and he knew three things about me. One, that I was a biblaholic that would spend one-third of his income on books and magazines. Second, I was a student and longtime admirer of the British historian Arnold J. Toynbee. And third, I was flat broke. So he says to me, Jim, how would you like to have this brand-new book uh, for free? And I looked up at him, and I smiled and said, Hank, whose kneecaps you want me to break? <laughs> he says, no, nothing like that. A radio station had just opened up about two or three months earlier, and one of the programs by one of the founders of this little non-commercial, community-sponsored radio station, but with the letters W-O-R-T-F-M, had started up a little half-hour show about books and he wanted people to come and tell him about the books they were reading. So I said, sure thing. And the next thing, I, next Saturday morning, I was standing in front of the ugliest cinder block, one-story building you ever saw. Perched precariously on top was one of those old-time radio uh, masts like in the old RKO radio pictures for, mm -hmm. for your audience old enough to remember those. I, I am. Front, <laughs> and in front was a little old man with rolled up shirt sleeves by the name of John Oliger. And John was a professor at the University of Wisconsin, Madison, especially was adult education and lifelong learning. And at that time, book reviewing was largely restricted to what I call the ivory tower literary of of uh, New York and places like that, you know. The, uh, what Oliger wanted to do was put books in the hands of ordinary people, cab drivers, housewives, or in my case, social workers, and give them a forum so that they could express their opinions of what they were reading. Well, he ushered me into a room that was about the size of a pregnant closet, just a large enough to hold a table, two chairs, a couple of microphones, and a little battery of switches and dials. He opened up the show, and I was supposed to take three minutes to tell him about the book. I started talking. Thirty minutes later, I was still talking about what I thought about the book. So he reaches over, pats the back of my hand, and says, Sorry, Jim, but time is up. We have to go now. And as he was signing off, I sat there and said, Jim, you, oh, you, you, you motor mouth. You, you took up the guy's whole program. But before I could launch into an abject, groveling apology for, for hogging his whole show, Oliger took a stack of books that was by his elbow pushed them across the desk to me and said, Jim, would you take these home, look through them, and come back next week and tell me what you think? <laughs> and that was how my book reviewing career was launched. Ah, so uh, I, I became a co-host with Professor Oliger on that show. And then mm -hmm. about three months later, he left it all up to me, and I went to the 
station manager and said, half an hour is just not long enough. And so we expanded it to a one-hour show mm-hmm. called the, the Madison Review of Books. And then a couple of months after that, I walked up to the station manager and I says, I've got this science fiction club and we'd like a, a program to talk about science fiction, books and movies and TV shows and, and like an interview authors who are coming through town. And I said, sure, go ahead. So for the next, well, from 76 to, to 1980, I did two hours every Saturday morning back to back. The first one was the Madison Review of Books, and the second one was the Science Fiction and Fantasy Hour with James Andrew Cox. And uh, in 1980, Professor Oliger hauled me into a bunch of meetings because the city of Madison was getting wired for something called cable television. And one of the channels set aside by the contract was for community access television programming. And we were the second... TV show to air on this brand new cable network for Madison and the surrounding villages, and we called it Book Watch. And I still remember the first show. There was one camera, one chair, one piece of of of, uh, uh, of paper with the words Book Watch on it, poster board, and we had a guest. And I inter- I sat in the one chair facing the camera, introduced the show, held up the the, the board uh, to the TV uh, uh, camera, stood up, the guest sat down, I whipped away the, the board, and fired questions standing alongside the camera. And then 28 minutes later, the board goes back up to block the camera, he, he sat up, I sat down, whisked away the board, and signed off the show. And it grew from that to a three-camera, post-edited, rather polished uh, television show that lasted from 1980 to 2001, 21 years. Uh, meanwhile, my daughter had come home from college with a computer science degree, and she drugged me kicking and screaming in protest out onto this thing called the Internet and told me we had to have something called a website. And so it was created, you know, our online presence. And all during this time, we had uh, launched uh, li- two library newsletters as print publications. One was called the Book Watch. The other was called the Children's Book Watch, which focused on reviews of children's books, preschool through young adult. Uh, then uh, when when we started turning over onto the Internet more and more, and eventually uh, had nine monthly book review publications, which you listed in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, discontinued the print edition, uh, which, by the way, saved us a lot of money. Yes, uh, it does. And continued <laughs> to expand the number of, of publishers. Uh, Dr. Oliger started with about 30 publishers. I expanded it to something on the order of 900 by the time I was done. Uh, and uh, we've been doing things ever since. 
ever since. Um, so with that, Jim, we're going to need to take our first break. But here's what you're what you all need to do. We're, we're talking with an old timer, a long timer and really does know the skinny. So we're going to get into some of the things that you should know about book reviews, as well as some of the scammers to avoid. We'll be right back. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out... You will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at AuthorU.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Jim Cox, the founder, the visionary of the Midwest Book Review based out of Wisconsin, but with a huge, huge reach where he has nine monthly um, online book reviews and, and has done them for every major and minor publisher that you can even imagine. And, um, and he been a a out there certainly i he came into my attention I, I can't even remember how many years ago jim sent over some of my old reviews <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that i had done with them um but but i do have a couple of questions jim is that i mean you're a lot of people think okay so what does this cost what is it's free but but let's we need to talk about some of the strings attached um, and that when people submit, and maybe you can also describe the submission forms, do they yeah. identify which 
avenue. I mean, children's books are real easy to go. You know, I'm in children's book watch. All right. But maybe I should be in library book watch. And and do you does the author publisher recommend suggest where they should go or do your fabulous team of 81 volunteer book reviewers say this is where this baby belongs so yeah. let, let me start with how does the midwest book review finance itself uh of the 81 reviewers which incidentally includes me are all unpaid volunteers their only compensation is that they get to keep the books they review. Uh, and we are funded by two annual foundation grants to promote uh, literacy, library usage, and small press publishing. And that last is where all the self-published authors come in. The reason we don't charge for our reviews of published books, hardcover or paperback, doesn't matter, is is because of that funding, uh, it, but they must be. There are two kinds of book review agencies: pre-publication and post-publication. Pre-publication is like Publishers Weekly or New York Times Review of Books or Forward Magazine or the Library Journal. We are a post-production or post-publication review, like radio shows or TV shows or, or uh, uh, regular magazines like, like Field and Stream for, for Hunters, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, that's because if you see these authors interviewed on late-night talk shows, the, the host uses a book as a visual prop. Mm-hmm. Well, because our reviewers... Our volunteers, uh, we, uh, we, the on, their only compensation is the book itself, and most of them, after they review the book, uh, sell those books to use bookstores to supplement the income from whatever their day job is. Now, some these are post-publication reviews, but there are some authors and publishers that really want a pre-publication review to incorporate into their marketing agenda. And uh, so the only thing they have to offer is a galley or an advanced reading copy called an ARC or a PDF file. Uh, And if they really want to, uh, we started having a reader fee option for a guaranteed review. The, The $50 reader fee does not go to the Midwest Book Review. It goes to the assigned reviewer. And what happens is that the author sends me an email requesting a reader fee review assignment, uh, gives me a little idea of what the book is about so I can appoint a reliable and thematically appropriate reviewer. Then I provide that author with the reviewer's name and contact information, and I send the reviewer a copy of that confirmation email so that he or she will know they have been authorized to review this particular person's book and to expect that they will contact them to set it up. And so uh, these reviewers work off of ARCs or PDF files or whatever the author has. And the review is guaranteed within a an 8- to 10-week time frame, which works for most folk if they're 
you know, working under some kind of a publishing date deadline. Uh, but and by the way, we handle the reader fee reviews the same as we do the uh, unpaid regular reviews in terms of positioning them into our newsletters. Two of the newsletters, IMBR Book Watch and Reviewers Book Watch, carry uh, the name of the reviewer uh, as a byline. All the reviews in our other publications are are simply the reviews with no accreditation because they're developed either by reviewers who prefer to be anonymous, like like university faculty people that don't want to raise the hackles of their colleagues by the review of their book of a book, or we generate them in house. You know, myself, my wife, uh, and a few others that just review for the sheer love of it. Um, and in addition to those two foundation grants, uh, any books that don't make the cut and are not assigned out, uh, we turn around and dispose of in two two ways. One is we sell them uh, to a, a used bookstore to raise revenue, you know, to pay for the utilities, keep the lights on, and so forth. Or we donate them uh, to an organization called the Free Little Libraries. And oh, I know, know those. Yeah. This is sort of yeah. like birdhouses for books, is mm-hmm. what I mm-hmm. what I call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one other thing, we we allow authors and publishers who want to make a gesture of appreciation and support uh, the option of contributing to our postage stamp fund. My board of directors decided postage stamp funds wasn't going to corrupt my integrity. I was going to stuff my pockets full of stamps and skip off to the Bahamas or something. But that's the only way we will allow authors uh, to uh, basically support the cause if they and and make an expression of appreciation and gratitude for what we try to accomplish on their behalf. By the way, I haven't had to buy a postage stamp for over forty years now. I bet, I bet. So you know, you oh, and, and, you I said a per- we okay. we have two paid employees. Uh-huh. They're both uh, minimum wage, which in Wisconsin is seven fifty an hour for thirty five hours a week. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, and during the pandemic, when our revenues dropped because the publishers shut down and so yeah. did the libraries and the bookstores, we couldn't afford even one uh, of of the uh, minimum wage uh, workers. And he went off the payroll and volunteered to continue working you know, his regular shift all the way through 2020 and into 21. Uh, and then finally, we started to recover our, uh, financially uh, and we're, we're able to bring him back on the payroll. But how's, how's that for loyalty? It's huge. But, you know, you said a phrase <clears throat> that I have to kiss on. Um, sure. and, and it was if if they make the cut. So yes, okay. Let's talk about can we what can I we talk about making the cut? Triage. Yeah. Uh, every legitimate and competent reviewer will soon be inundated, overwhelmed yeah. with vastly more books than he or she has time to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's just a truism that. 
and the, and the Midwest Book Review is no exception. We receive an average of 30 books a day, Monday through Saturday. And even though I've got 81 reviewers to try to deal with all of that and generate between 600 and 700 reviews a month, that still means only about one out of every three books makes the cut and receives a review assignment. Now, when the books come in, those 30 that are piled on top of my desk every morning, mm -hmm. I go through them and I separate them into three piles. Pile number one, immediate rejection. Reasons for rejection are they didn't send me a finished, published copy of the book the way it would be encountered in a bookstore or a library. They sent me an advanced reading copy, or they sent me a galley, or through email, they just sent me a PDF file. Uh, and we require, for the free option, a published copy of the book. The second, and by the way, uh, the second I, I send all of these people an email informing them of why their, their, the submission of their advanced reading copy was was denied so that you know they'll understand it had nothing to do with whatever the quality of the writing might have been. The second pile is the immediate acceptance pile, and it means the book came in just fine. It's accompanied by... Uh, it's paperwork, which is a cover letter and a publicity release, and we'll get to the, what those are a little bit later. Uh, and I have a reviewer in mind for it because it's up their their alley, you know, their their hobby or their profession or their field of interest or expertise, or because it's a hot topical subject, and I know I'll have no trouble getting an immediate review assignment for it. The third pile, which is always the largest pile, is the provisionally accepted pile. It, the book is okay. The paperwork is okay. Uh, and it will. I'm going to give the book an 8 to 10 week time frame in which to secure a review, meaning either a reviewer will choose it or I'll be able to talk somebody into accepting uh, that book as, as a review assignment. Now, this, this uh, about five years ago, I woke up one morning with a bright idea because two out of three very fine books failed to get a review in, in the amount of allotted time simply because there were too many good books and not enough reviewers to deal with them. And so for books that pass our screening and are in that third pile, but after eight or ten weeks, I was not successful in obtaining a review assignment for them. I notify those authors and those publishers and give them an option that if they have a review for that book from anyone else and can obtain that person's permission, then they can submit that review and I will run it in our Reviewers Book Watch publication under the reviewers by accredited byline. Got it. Okay, uh, we need to three at no right. charge. All right, hold that thought. 
Um, so that's a, that's a the great thing to do to be able to say, okay, we do have another option. We're gonna be right back. We're talking book reviews with the master of book reviews, Jim Cox. <laughs> Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Jim Cox, and I was intrigued as we segued out into the last break where he talked about pile number three, which, you know, I and I've already got my columns, reject, yes, and um, maybe. And the maybe is the books looks it just he doesn't have enough reviewers to really take it. So he said what you could do is you, if you already has been reviewed by someone, for example, like Kirkus, a well-known, well-known, you know, um, endorsement type thing review that you could just send that in. And I'm saying, gee, could the strategy be send in your book, send in the paperwork, send in the um, press release you've done and send in the review and try to bypass the whole thing just to get into his stream. And Jim said, Jim. Uh, no, this, this <laughs> option is only reserved for good books that were submitted. And the only reason they are not reviewed is we don't have enough reviewers. And so basically, this is my way of expanding the reviewer base to take advantage of of anything that the author has been able to accomplish in terms of a review from some other source. And by the way, it doesn't have to be famous people. It can be anybody or any publication or any individual that that reviewed that book. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm so glad when you talked about your your column number one, that the um, or the, the column two, which is your yes column. Oh, yeah. Books yeah there, the looks good and all that. Yeah, but what I love... It's solid. I'm 99% that we're going to be able to review that To book do something there. but In the, a timely thing, manner. Yeah, the thing that I really like, because I do some... I do... Um, right now, I'm in the middle of a judging for a really well-known... Um, well, I, to my opinion, the number one in Colorado, but I, I they actually bumped me off one year um, and I've always been on the nonfiction side because I insist if I am doing a judging um, of a book or a review of a book um, that I have the physical book, period. 
Yeah. Um, and they, they decided one year that they were going to do the uh, the submission where the publisher uh, had a choice of sending in a ebook um, or a book book. Um, and and I just said, no, I because I I'm looking at the cover. I'm looking at the interior design. I'm looking at how they you know, how it rolls out. I I want to feel the book. I want to get into it. And they actually bumped me off for a couple of years because they thought I was being too pushy. And now I see that they're all back. I said, how can you truly review a full book? Or in my case, this was a the, the state judging competition. How can I truly judge a book if I don't have the book? Well, especially with children's books. The, I, I, oh, for yeah. many years, I was an acquisitions consultant for the, for the libraries and library systems in Dane County in Wisconsin. And with a children's book, you have to see how well it will hold up to a shelf life. You know, mm-hmm. how, how well is it constructed, literally? Uh, you know, how, exactly. how many hands can it go through before it falls apart? Exactly. So, well, do they, did they put enough glue on the bloody thing? Exactly. You know? Yes. <laughs> you know, and is I the look- typeface suitable for the age range of the, yeah. the intended readership? Exactly. All kinds of questions. Yeah. Well, well what would you, you know, like to I, know next? Yeah. So what, where I had uh, just my add on the story that what last week, seven new books for this year's competition arrived um, for my segment. And we're in the middle of them. And very quickly, I, you know, I've got my reject pile going, Jim, that yeah. no, nope, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Well, only one book so far is, hmm, I now know more about gangs than I ever thought I would know even to ask. But yeah. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so let's let's talk about. We I love the 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 the, the going in. So for working with MBR, um, the Midwest Book Review, is there is a go to the website, everybody, and there's a stated submission form. But you've heard from Jim that if you know post publication, you're sending oh, the book. Okay, let me let me give the every book that comes in for for request and review must be a published copy, but it also must be accompanied by a cover letter and a publicity release. Now, a publicity release is really easy to create. You don't need to go out and spend a couple hundred bucks on a professional to do it. I can tell you how to do it in five minutes flat. It is a single sheet of paper with the following information. Title, author, publisher, publisher address, publisher website, if any, publisher email, ISBN number, price, page count, formats, hardcover, paperback, Kindle, a one-paragraph summary description of the book, and a one-paragraph author biography. And the one-paragraph summary description should be good enough that you would be pleased to see it reprinted verbatim in a magazine or a newspaper or uh, spoken on on a radio. Mm-hmm. Now, right, the, cover, so the publicity yeah. release tells me all about the book, but it must be accompanied by a cover letter, which is different. 
The publicity release is what we call a universal document. It goes unchanged to everybody, reviewers, librarians, booksellers, wholesalers, distributors, etc. But the cover letter is a customized document. It will differ from person to person to person. For example, your cover letter to me at the Midwest Book Review would include such information as you listened to this podcast and was duly impressed, or you visited the White our website and was encouraged. Or you note that in our publications, your book would be thematically appropriate for one of our regular monthly columns, like if you had a cookbook, the cookbook shelf, if you had a biography, the biography shelf, and so forth. Um, And if you belong to an organization, uh, a collection of authors or publishers, note that. If you've been referred to us by someone, note that. In other words, the cover letter is the one you use to butter up the person so that they'll pay attention to the accompanying publicity release. The cover letter, you do not uh, you do not pitch the book. That's what the PR is for. And by the way, make sure your cover letter has your contact information, including your email address. Because if your email address is different from the publisher, then I'm going to send out uh, a copy of the review and a formal email notification confirmation of all the places we have published and posted our review of your book to both you and that publisher. And if you and the publisher are one and the same, then the website and the email is yours, period. Mm. Jim, let me jump in right here for all of you who are listening to this, that you should be doing your own alert system, too. So make sure that you're on Google Alerts with your name, your book title and your publishing name. And also discover talk Walker and T-A-L-K-W-A-L-K-E-R. We have found that they are more responsive to when your name, your titles, blah, 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 pop up than Google Alerts. So I want to throw that out for all of you really quickly. Oh, absolutely. And then when you send a book to a reviewer, you want to wait 10 working days. That is, don't count holidays and weekends. 10 working days after you have popped your book into the mails. Send that reviewer an email. And in the subject line, put... uh, your name, the title of your book, and the word status request. And in the message body of the email, you want to ask three succinct questions. One, did your book arrive safely? Two, what is the status of your book with respect to that reviewer's review process? Three, Is there any further information or assistance you can provide? Now, no legitimate reviewer will refuse to respond to those three simple questions. But be careful. Do not pitch your book in that status request follow-up. Reviewers will just turn you down cold. Cringe. (laughs) Cringe. That's an even better word. Yeah, but every, right every self-published author needs to know what's happening. Otherwise, you're just dumping your book into a black hole. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about what to do if you get a negative review? Yeah, I do. But before we hit there, let's talk about some of the scammers out there. I mean, they're uh, all over how the place. How to spot a phony let's, book let's reviewer. Get... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Look, yeah. on the Midwest Book Review website is a section called Advice for Writers and Publishers. Mm. This is an archive of instructional how-to articles that I've written on every aspect of the publishing process down through the years. And what I recommend is that every self-published author go to my website, click on Advice for Writers and Publishers, and then go down the list of articles. And I'm afraid it's a long list because I've been around a long time. And you'll see about a half a dozen articles specific on the question of reviews. For example, getting reviews for self-published books is one article. Creating a book review database is another. Book review magazines used by librarians. Rules regarding review copies. On book reviewers and reviews. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Reviewers, accessibility, and bookstack. But the one I want you to go to is mm-hmm. how to spot a phony book reviewer. It's a succinct little article and probably the most often read of any of my articles on my website. And it will tell you how to check out someone who has requested that you send them a book for review. And there are several, you know, We'd spend the rest of our time just announcing them. So what I want you to do is remember that the name of the article is called How to Spot a Phony Reviewer so you don't get ripped off by scam artists pretending to be reviewers. Right. When I when I put you up on the uh, on the Book Shepherd's newsletter that I sent out on Wednesdays, I'll, I'll feature you. And I will. what I'll do is I'll do a link over so people can find that very quickly. Yeah, and take course, advantage. You know, I could sit here and read you uh, the article, but well, it's kind let, of long and detailed. No, no but, actually, but actually, everything <laughs> in it is free. I mean, you don't have to pay anything for any of no. these tips, tricks, and techniques. Yeah, but they. But I think and it's a it good idea. With review copies, solicitations by telephone, by email, by snail mail, and how to confirm book reviewer credentials. Everything's there. Right. So I think that that's really important um, to do that. We're going we're gonna to take our final break, but I would like to, um, Jim, if you would uh, just kind of make a couple of bullet points. How do you, uh, I would love to have you kiss on, how do you spot a phony book reviewer? How, how do you spot? Because they're all over the place and that, okay. um, uh, and doing, and, and the, you know, some, there's some legits that you do pay for. But most you don't. And I want you to get into that just a little bit. And then we'll talk about what to do when you get slapped with a bad one. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? 
Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand and platform, and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Jim Cox, who's the visionary of the Midwest Book Review, and um, it, the Midwest Book Review has been in my on my radar um, since the '80s. So, I mean, that makes me long in the tooth too. But it, with that said, uh, um, um, one of my very favorite reviews I got was on my book called Stabotage, Jim. How to deal with the pit bull skunks, snakes, scorpions, and slugs in the healthcare workplace, and yeah. I was so honored with the review. It came back as a starred review. Um, yeah. I was so, so honored with that review. And you know, when you when you get these things, like Jim, when is talking this little cover letter that you've got to do about these things, this summary, that paragraph summary, it uh -huh. was it the review. This review, I couldn't have written it better. And when you when you have those things, it's it, it's it's you know it, there are charms, and it's too bad we didn't have the the use of the internet in you know the 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 early '90s like we do today. I mean, what we can do today is so amazing in marketing and pushing things out, and that has good news and bad news to it. And one of the things we want to talk about here is I, I I asked Jim during the break I said I just want to you know pull out the thumbnail and and just you know motor mouth 
some of the scam stuff very quickly. And then I think it's very important because guess what? You are going to get a bad review for some, some way you're going to, you know, some, some guy or some woman. And I'll tell is, you how to deal with them. Yeah. Her knickers are not going to like, which you, it could be what you wrote. It could be a top, you know, you just don't know. Um, and it will for happen. Your, for your audience, let me run through quick uh, how to confirm a book reviewer credentials. Great. Uh, ask for a sample copy of their publication. If it's a if they report that they're a radio or television program, request a copy of their show. If it's a freelance reviewer, ask for copies of reviews that they have done and a list of media outlets or book review publications that have featured their work. Ask for professional references. Are there other publishers who have used them in the past? Are there independent publicists, newsletters, or newspaper editors, or television or radio show producers to whom they've successfully provided reviews? If there are, then call those references and check them out. If there is not, ignore the request. Join publisher groups like the Small Publishers Association of North America or the Independent Book Publishers Association and Internet discussion groups like PubForum, PublishL, then as a participant in these groups, ask your professional colleagues if they have ever heard of or had dealings with this or that reviewer or book review organization. Now, if be cautious. If you have now checked out the prospective reviewer according to the above advice and things seem kosher, send out just one book for review consideration the first time around. This is not a problem with a very small publisher who only has one book, but for a larger publisher with a multi-titled list or lengthy active backlist, this limits the damage if the reviewer turns out to be a scam artist so clever that they got past your initial screening. When reviewers provide legitimate and provide the review, more books can confidently be sent for review to consideration later on. But I want hey. people to read the whole article. There's a whole mm -hmm. lot more. Yeah. So this is the article that Jim referred to, How to Spot a Phony Book Reviewer. That's now let's on... talk about what to do if you get a negative or unfair yep. review. All right. Here and, we go. And, you're, and you are going to. <laughs> There's no yeah. getting around it. There are trolls out there that just sit around getting their kicks, hacking people. Mm -hmm. In fact... One of my bitterest complaints against my fellow reviewers is how many of them are just downright nasty. Uh, they're not there to promote literacy, library usage. They're there to to expand their, their personal egos by tearing other people down. Mm -hmm. All right. Suppose you and run he, into one. You know what, Jim? Let me just interject. One of the things I've found when there have been some really – really harmful, hateful sometimes um, feedback is what what's happening is the old fashioned envy. You did exactly. something that they didn't. And, and I want all of you to understand that sometimes that could be the whole fueling of what's going on here. So, all right, In Jim, jump on. In my 26 year career, I have known people who wrote a book in the same genre or their their book was in competition with the book that they were reviewing and they were reviewing it under a pseudonym so that this wouldn't come out. Yeah. I mean, you run into all kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. But what, mm -hmm. what to do if you're hammered with one? All right. Because today, 
you know, reviews go up on Amazon, they go up, uh, they go up on Barnes and Noble websites and so forth. So what, how do you counter this? All right. Don't bother asking for the review to be taken down unless you can prove that there's something uh, structurally wrong about it. Uh, if it's just uh, bad-mouthing you under the guise of opinion, it's not going to work. Don't don't get involved in feuds with these people you know, on the mm-hmm. social media stuff that mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. If you get uh, an unfair, uh, bad review, the one true way to deal with it is to drown it out in a flurry of positive reviews. And to get positive reviews, go to your friends, go to your family, have them read the book, have them write their honest opinion, not a puff piece, but their honest opinion about whether the book is well-written, is organized and presented, is thematically appropriate to its intended readership. And they can be, you know, just small little one-paragraph things. And since most people, you know, bought at least $50 worth of products off of Amazon, they can post and so if you get six, seven, eight, ten of these posts hitting Amazon, the bad one will go further and further and further down the Amazon web page for that book until it disappears altogether. I, here's, here's, let me just say this very quickly about Amazon. I say this all the time. That if it's a family member you're asking, Amazon's going to give it a boot. If they live in the same house, you're using the same computer, the same IP, including work, Amazon will give it a boot. Here is how to get around. From Jim, I wrote down this line, how to avoid the tro- the trolls are us <laughs> try. Okay, so here's what you have to do, everyone. You got you to gotta get a pal, your pal. Um, I have a, a close friend of mine because of all my connections um, that, uh, and maybe I've been consulting on the book, you know, whatever's going on that Amazon always rejects the reviews. So what I do is I always write up the view. I say what stars I want it. I do the title. I do the whole thing. And, and then I send it to my friend, um, in, in just a word doc with a full link to the Amazon detail page that I want it posted on. And she posts it for me. So when I tell people that when you see this reviewer with this name, it's me. Uh, And that's how you get around it. And also another technique is to go down to your local public library and use one of their computers. Ah, the library, of course. Yes. There's all all manner of Mm -hmm. of things you can do. And Mm -hmm. if, well, but the, the basic thing is, the one way to defeat an unfair review is by drowning it with good reviews, honest reviews, favorable reviews. You, you don't have to. And, and uh, if you've got relatives, uh, have your wife use her maiden name. Different names. Yeah, but but if if it comes from your house, you as the author, if it comes right. from your household. It, let me tell you, it's an automatic reject. The bots won't do that. Oh, you're Jim. correct. That's when you go yep. down to the local library or they, they, they or, or your next-door neighbor. <laughs> or say, or, or go, to, go to your 
boyfriend or girlfriend's house and use their computer. <laughs> you know, whatever. You're your yeah, Jim. Okay, Jim, I have got um, uh, one and a half minutes. So okay. when we have a book review, when we have a book you, what do we do next? You go to my website and you read all those articles that I've written about <laughs> what to do with a review as part of your marketing package. All right. So uh, this, I'm going to refer you all back to Jim's column on the Midwest Book Review advice for writers and authors or for writing writers and articles. And publishers. Writers and publishers. And then what you do is just do the magic scroll down until you find. And the, there is a, a, a book review database called Other Reviewers that I've created of, of freelance book reviewers, book review publications and magazines, book review websites and blogs. They've all been vetted. They're all legitimate. And why? Do, and I'm not afraid of competition. So I created this to assist people like like self-published authors trying mm -hmm. to learn how to market in the publishing industry today. Well, and they have to learn it. And actually, actually, everyone, I don't care if you're you're published by Simon and Schuster or Hache, you are doing your marketing. So you better learn how to do this from the get go. And people can always email me if they have a question or a problem, whether, you know, whether they're one of my author clients or not. Anybody mm -hmm. that's got a question about writing in the publishing industry can always email me. My advice is free and usually worth about what I charge for it. <laughs> All right, Jim, and let's just go ahead and give them that web, uh, the email address then. What would you like to shoot them to? M B R at execpc.com and we have two emails there and they're both on our homepage so just got it midwestbookreview.com all right so mbr at expc.com with us have been jim cox the visionary of midwest book review if you did know about midwest you do now and take advantage of the awesome service jim thanks so much my pleasure all right, everyone, have a great week. Your authoring and published success is always up to you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryle.